Welcome to ReCW, a weekly look into the world of extreme from episode one all the way to 401 from Eastern to Extreme and every pay-per-view slash special in between. You've got myself, Paul, and I'm joined as always by Jay and Griff. Say hello, Jay and Griff. Yo, yo, yo. It's Griff. Hi. That's Jay. It is. It's true. And I'm Paul. I don't know if I've introduced myself. Sometimes I do, I guess. Um, yeah, well, we've got a lot to get through this week. Basically, this week we are looking <laughs> at episode 148, 149, 150, 151, and 152. As well as doing our Mount Rushmore and God knows what else. That's a lot. That's a lot. So this is, you know, welcome to the, the six-hour version of ReCW. Now we're gonna we're gonna skim a lot of it because a lot of it's just recap, so it shouldn't be it shouldn't be too too bad. Um, before we get to the past, though, let's talk a little bit about the present. What I know, we're gonna we're gonna venture war games, out. War games, Ooh. so kayfabe people, we must come true. We we must be honest with you as as listeners. We aren't actually in 1996. We are actually in 2019. That's too far. And isn't it? we've been to the year 3000. No, we haven't. Nothing has changed, not even Griffin's trousers. <laughs> <laughs> but your great, great, great granddaughter. Welcome to the Busted Cast, where we talk about busted songs and why all of them should be the year 3000. Oh, Busted, that's going to have a global reference that everyone's going to get, right? I mean, if we go into Mook Busted, I think we expand our audience. Of course. Um, Yeah, so quickly, obviously, this weekend, big weekend in the world of wrestling, you had NXT War Games and Survivor Series and other bits. So, quick recap, what do you guys think? What bits did you enjoy? Amazing. I enjoyed both War Games matches. First ever, ever, ever women's War Games match. Hmm. Um, First ever, ever. I thought both was great. Um, Survivor Series, I really enjoyed Cole versus Dunn. Yeah. Um, and I enjoyed the women's um, uh, elimination match. And I and the triple threat match, strong against... Um, Nakamura and Styles. Nakamura and Styles. Um, yeah. Yeah. Overall, I think a really strong weekend. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, oh. I... I, I... Was going to come in next and just say similar. So uh, Survivor Series, I thought was a, a good show top to bottom. Um, uh, some really good matches all the way through. Uh, incredible that NXT won overall. Uh, you know, bearing in mind this entire thing basically came out of them having to scuttle and hurry after the Saudi Arabia, whatever, um, and therefore having to fill a SmackDown show with NXT talent because they couldn't get SmackDown talent there. Um, incredible that that became two really impressive shows and um, uh, and NXT being put front and centre um, in in the feud between the four brands, in, between the three brands. It makes business sense. Not to, it's just smart. It's smart. Uh, because if you don't watch NXT, you're going to now, and that will hurt AEW. So I thought it was smart. I thought it was smart. I was surprised. I thought SmackDown, because of the Fox deal, might have looked like the Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, the business sense for me would have been go for the one that's paying you the most money and you've just launched on a on a, on a huge network. That's guaranteed money. It's fine. 
Only if they don't cancel it. But, um, if they keep sliding around to Fox Sport 1 and all the rest of it, then you're not going to do much for your business going forward. But yeah, so um, yeah, Kevin Owens' pop on War Games was ridiculous. Absolutely monster. Felt like a megastar when he returned. Loved the, um, the male War Games match. Thought it was crazy. MVP of the week has to be Rhea Ripley. Thought it was the biggest week of her career. Absolutely, She's absolutely outstanding in both her matches. Two of the biggest wins she's she's going to get for the foreseeable future. So, can't... Yeah, didn't she pin? I know. I think on SmackDown she pinned Charlotte. Yep. Yep. And then... on Raw she, I don't know. If she takes Banks. I don't know. I know. Like, well, she beat Banks in Survivor Series. She obviously beat Shayna Baszler at War Games, and she yep. beat Charlotte on SmackDown. Enough said. Really clever that... finish as well. SmackDown. Mm. I was going to say that finish was amazing. Yeah, so I think she's the MVP of the weekend. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Make sure you go check out War Games out the shows. I think that's the better, my personal opinion. But um, yeah, it's good. And that was the past. And now we go to the present. Back to the 20th of February, 1996. Episode 148 of ECW. Um, obviously, a lot of these are going to cross over with the Cyber Slam that we covered last week. So, if you haven't listened to the show, go back and listen to that. Dip into that quickly. We might go a little more in depth for bits that need to go more in depth with. Otherwise, we'll just skim through it. Um, the show starts with the Sandman and Missy Hyatt talking. She talks basically about the Singapore cane and wanting the stick to explode. And Sandman sort of goes on and says, what mummy wants, mummy gets. See, last week, you guys thought she was saying Missy, and I was saying, he's saying mummy. He was screaming, mummy, mummy. And he is. I found it a little bit awkward. But... <laughs> I found it a little bit shit. Um, <clears throat> what mummy wants, mummy gets... And maybe this is because we've just watched five back to 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 back. But yeah, it 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 got old with me really, really. Some of the visuals we'll get onto, especially for a couple of the later ones, I thought were quite interesting. But you know what, mummy wants, mummy gets. I'm already over. Yeah, I mean, it's just not as good as the, the woman stuff. So, I mean, we'll see where it not goes. At, at the moment, it seems to be going around it in circles. We then had the Bad Crew and Dread versus Dirt Bike Kid, Donnie Allen, and Dino. We saw it from last week. Basically, Sandman comes out, attacks them all afterwards. Everyone goes mental. We have the famous Brian Pillman arrival that we spoke about last week. We then got a new promo by Taz with Bill Alfonso. Bill Alfonso was talking about Bam Bam Bigelow and Rey Mysterio says he loves Vince, but this is ECW, not WWF. Um, Taz jumps in and says other promotions. Uh, no, go stay in other promotions because this one is his. I couldn't work out if this promo was badly placed because we haven't seen Bam Bam Bigelow yet, but I can't remember. Because obviously we've seen him on the pay-per-view, but I didn't know if this is an episode, if we've seen Bam Bam yet. Agreed. I don't think we have. So no, I think spoiler. that's... Yeah. It's, it's, spoiler, it's, it's, it's weird. It's, it's weird that um, every time Bam Bam appears, he's in his full gear. Apart from the T-shirt over the top. Yeah. It's kind of casual, ready to wrestle. Yeah, but then WCW, that's his gear. So he's just sort of really like... Okay, cool. Um, so we had that. We had the Headhunters attacking Mustafa from um, Cyber Slam that we saw. 
and then called out anyone. And the Harris boys coming out, and we had that match. Bruce we Brothers, had... they're not the Harris boys yet, they're the Bruce Brothers. Uh, yeah, it's them. Yeah, disciples of apocalypse. Um, yep, the match between Pitbull's Francine eliminated Stevie Richards. We got to see that again. We then got a promo by the Eliminators. I thought this was just short and sweet. Nothing too special in this one. I thought they made some more controversial comments slightly later on. Definitely. <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to well, that. Well, this was just a, quite a sleeper promo compared to some of their others. Yeah. 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 Uh, we then got highlights of people getting total eliminated, hit with the total elimination. I was going to say total eliminated, but right. Um, then Bubba Ray Dudley versus Mr. Hughes. Um, then a primary by the Pitbulls. Just basically a lot of heavy breathing. Them saying, time for us to eliminate you. So, anything on the Pitbulls? Is that just is what it is? No, they growl, they shout, they... they... Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. We then got the Tommy interview that we saw on Cyberslam with Beulah when Raven came out and basically said, you know... If you stick your nose in food, they chop off your nose. If you stick your toe in a pie, they cut off your pie and all that yep. stuff. From Cyberstank that we touched on last week. And that is the end of that episode. It is. But like I said, it's mostly recapped up, So it's hard. We then go on to the 27th of February, 1996, episode 149. It kicks off with the Bruce Brothers. Um Trading with Tommy Dreamer from last week's show. We then get a promo by Raven. Which he's basically sitting with the brothers and talk about... He talks about power and you've got um, basically Kimona standing there, topless. You can see her from her back. And basically saying this is why they're with him. That is pretty much the gist of it, isn't it? Pretty yeah, I much. Mean, yeah, basically. Um, he's... A little all over the place in this. And again, that might be because it's being chopped and cut up and, and played out of reason. But yep. um, yeah, he's, he's, he's a little bit all over the place. Yeah. I just, it just felt like they were going to sort of tell a story, but could bother to say sort of just did this as a quick explanation. They thought that would do. Um, another quick thing that didn't make sense. We then had ECW fan cam footage of Shane Douglas versus Raven. I felt like this match was kind of really wasted. I felt like it could be a big match. The problem is it's a secondary thing to... The, 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 the title match isn't the important bit here. No. The bit that's, that's played through is the loose cannon versus loose cannon thing. Um, so... The, the the title is completely secondary, as as has been a criticism of the the ECW Heavyweight Championship at various points of us watching this back. The title is secondary to everything else going on. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's shoved in the background. It's obviously said like this because it's weird. We said on when Shane Douglas came out the Brian Pillman thing last week. You know, Shane Douglas is is the shooter. You know, in a verbal sense. So yeah. if if he sort of is the one saying Pillman's gone too far. It makes you think, wow, he's gone too far. But now it's this weird Shane Douglas is trying to prove that he's the loose cannon and he can do anything. It's not Pillman. And it's getting all a bit um, weird. But yeah, this match happens and it ends with basically Pillman running out and quote unquote continues to stir up trouble. Yep. 
So, but the match itself never really got going, to be honest. Yeah, and obviously it doesn't help you by a fan cam. I don't think we <coughs> ever do get proper footage of this. No, not until um, they're in TNA when they have um, a great feud. <coughs> which I think ends in Raven getting scalped, if I remember me correct. It does. Mm, which is, by um, Father Jim Mitchell, who we will see <coughs> at some point. Hopefully. And, um, yeah, it's uh, brutal. But then get Axel Rotten versus JT Smith. We've already spoken too much about that. Uh, Shay Douglas versus Cactus Jack. <laughs> already spoken yeah. too much about that. <coughs> Apologies, I'm dying. All of these, if you want to know more about these matches, are all covered in Cyberslam 96, which was last week's episode, which is why we're going through these quite quickly. Yeah, exactly. <coughs> and of course, Taz versus Joel Hartgood, which is the one where after the match, he basically suplexes everyone again, like we saw. I, I, uh, there is a part of me that's a little bit sad that we didn't get this Taz when nine one one was still just one call away and and could you know just run out and and you know that just ended up punking out and running away kind of thing. So I do feel like if Taz had hit nine one with a suplex, though nine one one would have died. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Try telling nine one one to take a, a German or. Yeah, and that's that's what I mean. It, I it would have looked safer. like that'd be the safer one. It would have looked like a burning bag of shit, but it it would have been, um, yeah, they would have been calling nine one one. So that happens. We then get a promo, the, the sort of a pulp fictiony bit again. Shane Douglas is basically got the camera in front of him and saying um, he's still teaching and. I understand oh. they're doing the Dean thing, but fuck me, like, use a word that's easier to spell. And the personification he was, of... He was just writing for ages, and the, the kind of, I felt the momentum just losing and leaving. I was just like, what are you doing? So the other thing that distracted me in this quite drastically is his jacket. Yep. Because he's got this, this franchise jacket. Yep. But it's obviously from... Double J, Jeff Jarrett style yeah. tailor because the bits that should be black on this jacket have been cut out. Yeah. I thought it was really cool design. I bet it cost you an arm and a leg to get one at the time. I feel it would have been a cool design if they actually left the, the jacket as a jacket rather than this weird cutout bit. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I thought it was quite interesting because there, there were points of the jacket that reminded me a little bit of the Your own WCW Scott Hall oh. design with like the drips. Okay. Which is interesting because obviously Scott Hall and him had a huge falling out and Scott Hall hasn't adopted that yet, but it, I, it reminded me a little bit of kind of the outsider Scott Hall with like the drips on the, the waistcoat and the, the trunks kind of thing. But um, yeah, no, it's got, it's, it's, it's just got holes cut out of this weird ass, jacket that doesn't quite hold or hang properly because it's got Franchise. holes everywhere yeah it's um, an interesting look doesn't i don't and think this it is... really fits his character but no it's, it feels um as i said it's is it's double j jeff Jarrett. it's um uh american males marcus bagwell 
more that style than the franchise. It, it's it, yeah, it, it didn't really work for me. Um, and then he goes on to explain the deal with him and Tommy. Yeah, well, he says first of all, which is um, cactus. Tell Vince I said hi, and sort of did his ha 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 ha. Yeah, his uh, super over the top face laugh, fake laugh. Yeah, the only worst fake laugh in ECW is John Cronus. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, yeah, but he says about Pillman briefly. Says that he's the loose cannon. Obviously, like he said, he mentions Tommy. And the cameraman sort of goes and finds Tommy sitting in the corner. So the, the, the question is, if you've got this deal with Tommy, how <laughs> comes when the Bruise brothers turned, you left Tommy to get beaten up? Wasn't part of the deal. And yeah, so the, the deal is that the deal he's made with Tommy is if anything happens, you get my, my girlfriend and my unborn kid out of there. You keep them safe. You know, it doesn't matter what happens to me. You keep them safe. They are the most important thing in the world. You keep them safe. And Tommy, sitting in a corner, emotes about this and says about how, you know, that's the deal and that's what it is and that's what it is. And he's got a target on him and he knows they're coming for him. But that's fine because he needs to keep, you know, his girl and his baby safe. Quote the dreamer nevermore. Um, And the two things that struck me out of this is, firstly, I hate... Tommy Dreamer doing his Raven impression. I absolutely hate it. Yeah. Um, and secondly, um, about a month ago, when it was established and announced that Beulah was pregnant with Tommy's baby, his promo was, I took your girl, could even learn to love her. Um, and now he's kind of like, you know, Keep her safe. Doesn't matter what happens to me. Just keep her and our baby safe. So we learn to love her really fucking quick. Love hits you fast. That's the problem, isn't it? It does. It does. But, you know, it's just, it was, it was a bit weird and I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't expecting him to be so... He wasn't expecting it. ...chivalrous so quickly. He wasn't expecting to fall in love like this. He thought he wore a condom. Oh. No, he didn't. Just did he knew he knew his raw dogging all night long. Oh, just a dreamer, a dream that lasts. A dreamer, oh, I miss women. Uh, she's on Nitro. Griff will tell us about it later on. Ooh, maybe um, she's in people's um, Mount Rushmore. Oh, maybe she's not because she has been before. Yeah, that's true. And she was on the show. Um, and that's basically the end. Yeah, look after his girl, his kid, everything like that. The show ends. Takes us to the 5th of March. No, 3rd of March, 1996. Episode... No, you got it right, 5th of March, first time. That's not. Yeah, it says 5th of March on um network. Anyway. Yeah, it's 5th of March. Sorry, it's the Americans. Um, yeah, promo by Pillman. Basically, the camera's going down the stairs. You hear him shouting at the bottom of the stairs. There he is, resting the giant pencil. This probably should have done something for me, but I was just like, really? 
Do you know what? My, my thing was, I get it. I, I think the... Um, I get the whole Booker Man thing and the man with the pencil, but I, I didn't know if this was too inside at the time. Or I know ECW fans were considered the smart fans. Mm. I, the problem is... Um, so, I, I, after... After hearing for for twenty five years about the brilliance of the loose cannon character and what he's done, a lot of what he's doing in ECW leaves me cold. It's not working for me, and I think part of that is um, in the same way of when uh, I talked to my dad about the Beatles and the Rolling Stones, and they are huge for him because they changed music and for me it just kind of feels as if they're part of just what it is and and i'm so used to everything being beyond that that to think there was a time where that was so groundbreaking is just very weird i can't quite get my head around it kayfabe and inside and shoot and and you know that that line of you know is it real is it shoot blah 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 i've seen done so many times as a wrestling fan and so many times better than this as a wrestling fan like for instance the cm punk pipe bomb and various others um that this doesn't have the same impact it has it would have had at the time i assume um so yeah, the the you know, no one beats the you know he as, as good as you could be you 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 get beaten by the pencil, is a really inside joke about how it doesn't matter because this is a made up sport and if the booker writes your name as a loss, you lose. If the booking sheet has you losing, you lose. So it's clever. It's as you said, I don't know if it's too clever for the time, and it's just not as clever as some of the stuff we've seen now. So I don't I think, quite know where I fall with this. Mm, I, I think my thing is, as a standalone thing, his debut I thought was amazing. Yep. But since, he's, his character's just been taking shots. And my comparable, and where I think it's falling flat with me, is it's only about a month, two months away from when Austin was doing a very similar thing. But doing it to such a higher level. But I mean, you know, the other thing for me is that what Austin didn't have was someone who was trying to up it. So everyone just kind of let Austin be Austin. And he was playing off Sandman, whose kind of thing was, I don't give a fuck, I'm going to beat your ass because that's what I do. And he's playing against Whipwreck, who's like, oh, golly gosh, well, you know, someone's got to stand up to you too, and it might as well be me. No one was kind of doing this whole going, no, I'm more inside than you. Yeah, and that's what we're having with yeah. Shane Douglas. Shane Douglas as the loose cannon. I mean, how many loose cannons do you want in one business before you turn around and go, I, I, especially as a business that's, that's, you know, a company that's trying to be, everyone's cutting an edge and everyone's pushing away and everyone's doing their own thing and everyone's trying to be outside of the box. Actually, Shane Douglas being the face of corporate ECW, which is where he started. Yeah. You know, you're a cancer, you're this, you're that. I don't want you in my place of work. Probably would have been a better foil for him to play off of rather than, no, I hate 
WCW more than you. No, I hate WCW more than you. Neither of you are in fucking WCW. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, no, so it's I don't true. get it's, what it's... You're, you're feuding against because you're both in agreement, aren't you? I think they're just trying to take away the attention that um, Franchise has come with his tail between his legs and I think that's the crowd of Yeah, but if you want really to quickly. do that, and you're right, but if you want to do that, don't keep putting him in front of a fucking chalkboard. Yeah. Do you know how yeah. you get away from Dean Douglas? Don't fucking mention Dean Douglas. Yeah, Let true. it die. It's true. That, like that fan base happens. knew him as the franchise. You know, kill it and let it die and just bring him back as a franchise. I've been away. I fucked up. I told Vince to, I fucked off and I told Vince to fuck it, you know, to piss off and I'm back. Mm. You know, you could do that instead of this video package about, you know, how he's the real loose cannon because, you know, he's outspoken whilst he's being beeped. And then he uh, threw down the NWA title, which, you know, was cool. And then he, um, introduced a referee because it was lawless and then broke the rules anyway. It's like, oh, what? that's just inconsistent. That's not loose. Man, so yeah, I'm, I'm struggling. Was dead, eh? I'm saying that people are doing it better, including us on this fucking podcast. No, but you're right though. It's, it's like I said, you've got an, if he was just in a bunch of skits doing his thing and it almost, he was in the crowd every time. And eventually Shane Douglas is like, get the fuck out of the arena mm. and sort of did it that way. But from the first, he's just insistent on continually following this guy. It doesn't make any sense, including the segment, which makes really no sense in a little bit. So we had that. We then had the Shane Douglas, Tommy Dreamer segment from last week that we said about him sitting on the floor. And yeah, we then got highlights from Cyber Slam again, the two cold Scorpio versus Sabu, the time limit draw that we spoke about last week. We then got some Pulp Fiction um, sort of promos that we talk about. Uh, Pitbulls again, always shouting, intensely shouting, like they do. We then got the Sandman and Missy Hyatt, where Missy Hyatt basically says that Stevie is going to regret suing her and wants him to feel pain. And Sandman just says what mummy wants, mummy gets. Yeah, weird. So I guess we've got a Sandman-Stevie bit coming up, or whenever we've spoken about it again. Stevie is there with the blue meanie um, having some fun. Dances with Dudley comes out, interrupts, talk about Bubba Ray could teach blue meanie how to dance. And Stevie goes, all right, I'll let you if you pay us $500 or whatever it was. Yep. (laughs) Which I thought was tremendous. Um, We then had Bubba Ray come out and did like a weird mirror thing with blue meanie, which I found hysterical. I think the funniest thing for me in this was how shit they were at doing the mirror. Yeah, no, well, it just felt was it wasn't rehearsed. They were just completely going off what each other was doing. And for some reason, it just, I don't know, it just caught me a minute. I thought it was rehearsed. I loved it. This is a, this yeah, is a big it was, moment. It was, it was bizarre. Yeah. Um, then I had Brian Pillman sitting in a limo authority. Feels very similar to Austin again, just not as good no yeah, yeah it wasn't Austin you felt like he was having his point and he, and he believed it you believe that WCW fucked him over mm. you know and he's I suppose the problem is that Austin did have a story yeah. Austin did have a story in the sense that he had a broken neck and got done for it yeah. um, what you have here is someone who was fired for being a dick 
who's come in and is being a dick. There is no sympathy for WCW because, you know, well, if you're going to threaten to piss in the ring of us, then I'm with them. Yeah. No, I, think what I, want from, I think what I wanted from this, in hindsight, looking at it as it is now, I wanted him to be a little bit more of the outsiders than he is. He's, he's too in already, you know, this whole kind of, you know, he's a WCW, you know, he's, he's, he's in the ring. He's calling in promos. He's walking around with all his people. He's got all his lawyers and solicitors and all the rest of it. Cameras are following him everywhere. There's nothing outside about him. No. Yeah. No, I and I think, I think in hindsight, what I would have wanted is him being the outsiders style, turning up, taking over shenanigans. I just yeah that would have worked like so much better for it. for the loose cannon thing. They said it needs to be like he just, he just comes across that he's under contract and for it to work it would have been better if he didn't. Mm. Um, so we had that we had J T Smith, and I think they just cut him off because he was boring. I don't really know. Best best bit about the episode. He sort of popped they, up, started to talk, and he was just sort of star wiped out. He was gone. Yeah, they cut up his his promo quite heavily and they've done that over the next couple as well and it really isn't to any great value yeah, with the eliminators with uh, Perry just talking in a deep voice talking about what they would do to keep the belts which was um... straight out of the Sandman's promo book yep we then got um, Taz and Bill Alfonso doing a bit of shouting we saw a bit more Pillman a bit more Meany and that was that and that was that. So, yeah, there wasn't really much standout about it. just felt sort of repetitive with some of the Pillman stuff. But um, I understand what they're doing. They, they probably think they're going for a short term and trying to create a little bit of controversy. And that was episode 150, 150 which everybody knows is our Mount Rushmore every 25 episodes. So before we jump to 151s, I think it's important we do our Mount Rushmore right here, right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh. So, do it. Won't go through everyone's through forever. But last time, our Mount Rushmore's after episode 125 consisted of I had Dean slash Eddie as one, uh, Stevie yep. Richards, the Pitbulls, and Cactus Jack. Jay had the public enemy, Cactus Jack, Stevie slash Raven, and Sandman slash Woman. And the Griff had the Pitbulls, Public Enemy, Cactus Jack, and Bill Alfonso. And the predictions we made was I predicted everyone would have Taz. Griff predicted there'll be no more public enemy in 150. And Jay predicted the Dudleys. Which takes us to our predictions at this stage. Uh, I'm going to dive straight in there. And my first prediction, or first person on Mount Rushmore for 150, is Taz and Bill Alfonso. Yeah, I've got Taz and Alfonso as a one pick. Yeah, same. Yeah, I didn't know whether to do Taz and Alfonso or just Taz. Um, uh because I was trying to work out where in this 
25 episodes, they became a tandem. But Fonzie has heated Taz to a level of stupidity, um, like like just taking his character to another level. Um, so I, I, I think that's a clean sweep for the two of them. Called it. Boom. Boom. Uh, Jay, who's your second pick? Um, I'm going to go uh, back to Raven and Stevie. I think if you look at um, their consistency over the show, I think be it either as uh, Raven's lackey or as part of the fabulous ones, um, Stevie's been ever present. Um, you could argue, um, I may argue, uh, too much uh, mic time, especially on the specials. Um, but I think Raven and Stevie have been um, across all of the shows from uh, all of the episodes. Griff, your second pick? Uh, I'm not going to go for the Dudleys. I'm just going go for Bubba Ray. The others don't do nothing for me. But I think Bubba Ray last 25 he must have been about 25 episodes ago there are thereabouts um the crowd love him i enjoy him looking forward to him having longer matches rather than just a quick bubble bomb but yeah he's quite entertaining and um it's good to see him with this kind of geeky kind of character before he becomes the bubble ray that we know yeah i mean uh bubble ray's on my list as well so i'm notching him down as my second pick again like i said big dick I just think once he gets over his injury, he might get a bit more from him rather than just growling. But um, yeah, mm. Bob Ray's a standout. And... I'm not holding hope. I, I think we've seen the best of Big Dick already. <laughs> but you never know. We do sort of know. But um, <laughs> yeah. uh, let's go jump back to Griff. Who's your third pick, Griff? Uh, I'll go for Sandman on his own. Um, I just think he's been consistent. Um, Obviously, lost women. Um, not not really liking this new manager, like Mummy, Missy, whatever you want to say. Um, but I think I think Sandman like has just gone to to think from episode two. He wasn't in episode one. Episode two, um, to where he is now, he, he just kind of like a megastar, and I didn't think it would ever come. Um, but yeah, he sticks to his character. He sticks to his character well. Um, yeah, I mean, before I get to Jay, I've got the Sandman as well. Not necessarily for his matches, but like I said, for the star power, like you're saying. I, the crowd, I mean, when he comes out, he, he feels like a mega star for doing bare minimum. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's impressive. So he's on my list. Uh, as he is with mine, although I do have him with his woman replacement, Scorpio. Um oh. Uh, I think the two of them have been ever present. I think the uh, tag between the two of them, the Scorpio taking the role of the guy that, you know, the, the person who pours the beer and dances with him and all the rest of it. Um, but I think over the last 25 episodes, you've seen Sandman um, uh, with a little bit more of the cigarette, definitely more of the beer, definitely more of the entrance. And you've seen the fans turn him into a, a, a face. Um and I don't think that's been the best thing for his matches. And I don't know if it's the best thing for his storytelling. Um, but um, although part of that might be because he's just not had the right opponent yet or the right storyline yet. Um, his biggest feud seems to have been with women. Um, 
but um, I think the the two of them definitely are have been ever present across um, the last twenty five of of ECW. Yeah, no, I think it's a fair shout. I mean, I think it's been Scorpio's probably his best run since he's been in it. Mm. In the sense that yeah. he's he's pulling off great matches, but he's not stuck sort of like a rabbit in headlight with some of these weird promos where they were going about two minutes too long and he was told just to talk. My final pick for the final time is Cactus Jack. I don't think he's been his strongest 25, but I do think he still had some amazing bits in that 25. It was good yep. promos, solid matches. And um, yeah, I doubt he's going to make it to the next one based off one match. My last pick was quite a difficult one because um, Bubba Ray was one I was considering. Cactus Jack was one I was considering, especially with the early stuff with Cactus, with um, uh, you know his, his anti-hardcore stuff yeah. um, that we were just seeing at the end of the last 25 and into the beginning of this one. Um, I think he's got a little bit lost in the sense that everyone knows he's working out his dates before he goes. Um, but um, I went with Tommy Dreamer because again if you look at the last 25 episodes I think Tommy's been at the epicenter of pretty much everything the Bueller stuff now the you know with the Shane Douglas bits um I I think Tommy Dreamer's just been all over the show so I went with Tommy Tommy. and I suppose my last pick it was hard I I was kind of on and on about the public enemy for the last time because I think they're pretty much in like 17 of the 25 episodes um, but I have decided to let go um, I did think about putting Stevie in on his own um, but I thought I would stick with a tag team and because they are different and they are pretty much onto another level um, I went for the Eliminators yeah I get that they've, they've, they've come into their own they're more. like miles ahead of like any other tag team, like or established tag team, not a, a mock tag team. They're just a, a different yeah. level. They do seem to be showing up um, pitbulls ever so slightly. And when you think total elimination is pretty much undisputed era's high low, it, it's it's good to actually. It's quite surprising to actually see this move actually wasn't their own. Yeah, yeah, no, they've, yeah. They, they've and watch it, it done far less safely. Yeah, they, I mean, they look like they were hurting people with it. Um, I yeah, say, I mean, I, I do feel the need for an honorable mention of Francine just because she just gets the shit kicked out of her every three episodes. She's a team player, definitely. <clears throat> Can I just say that is the first time that Tommy Dreamer has made anyone's list? Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? Bearing in mind, you know, he's been through the blind angles so and all the other stuff. Yeah. It's the first time he's actually made it, which I thought was uh, crazy. Do we want any predictions for the next? Um, I mean, I think Taz is obvious that um, Shane Douglas appears on a couple of people's lists. I'm going to... I know Devon's coming. Uh, I'll probably just say the Dudleys rather than Bubba on his own. I think Taz is a given. Um, well, that's what I'm thinking. Taz has to do something 
dramatic to ruin it. All right, so Dudley's Jay, throw out a name. So um, I'm going to go with a name who we've seen show up and then has kind of vanished. Um, but uh, surely we're going to see more of Van Damme anytime soon, aren't we? Oh, hopefully. One shot deal. Could be off being Glacier. Um, so that was that. And then we go on to. Do, 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 where are we? 151. The 12th of March, 1996, episode 151. Um, we get an interview with Shane Douglas. Awful song. Yeah. Absolutely awful, awful, awful. Hate his music. Um, Shawn Michaels, kiss my ass. Get that in there. Good man. But it's what we said from before, though, isn't it? With his Ric Flair feud. So he's feuding with someone from WWE and someone who's sort of from WCW. You know the rules of like, don't mention your competition. ECW never played by those rules, right? I think no. they were begging, hoping that the competition would mention so them back. The, the rule is you don't mention the competition if you're winning. Whereas you take as many pot shots as you can if you're not. So okay. that you know, so they, them calling out makes them, you know, the the, the extreme, the, the revolutionists, the the the, the rebels. Um, whereas obviously, if they were if they were being mentioned, then it would be different. Huh. Makes sense. Mm. Does make sense? Um, Which so is why you'll see Chris Jericho mention WWF, WWE. Every 30 seconds. On ECW. <laughs> uh, yeah, so basically he says, kiss by Shawn Michaels. He then confronts Brian Pillman, who's sitting in the front row. Um, oh my God, what a surprise he's there. Uh, this just went on for way too long than what, yeah, what it needs to be. I, I'm just, just I'm kind of do it. That's a loose cannon. His, his schedule and itinerary seems to be Really predictable. Hello, Dean. Uh, oh, yeah, because he did that thing that once. Oh, cool. That we don't want to mention, but we're going to mention. Um, I like it. I find it weird. Shane Douglas gives him to the count of three before he knocks him out. Counts to three. Uh, Pillman pulls a kid in front of him. And then Shane keeps like saying, put the baby down, put the baby down, even though he's not even holding the baby. Mm-hmm. So this has confused me because I thought someone needs to step in and tell him this. That woman's not Brian Pill. <laughs> she's going to get pumped. Because <laughs> this poor woman's standing there and he's shouting, so put the baby down. I'm thinking, once we just put the baby on the floor, which is just wrong on a different level. And, you know, is he just going to punch this woman in the face? Does he even know who Brian Pillman is at this point? Is he just looking to knock someone out? I mean, what's going on? Franchise. So, um, it's just... Uh... <sighs> And then Pillman basically tells Shane that he's a quitter. He quit WCW, he quit WWF. Uh, they start trying to get each other again. Uh, which is a great man. insult, apart from the fact that you also have just quit WCW, which is why Will you're be. here. Yeah. It, no, just, it, it was, just feels it like cool the same segment. old shit over and over again. That's it. It was a cool segment. It just went nowhere. That's the problem. Mm. But where it did go was it transitioned to the next bit where Todd Gordon came out. And basically, oh, tried to sort it all out. 
Uh, Bill Alfonso made his way to the ring again. They had a small little fight. Todd's we're never going to get the upper hand, realistically, is he? He's had a nightmare with Bill Alfonso. He's Taz Bill Alfonso's bitch at this point. He really is. He's a machine. Taz saves him. Bam Bam Bigelow comes out in full gear, apart from a T-shirt. Saves him. And that was that. He was just in the neighbourhood. <laughs> Always bring your gear, brother. We then got the Dudley boys, Bubba Ray and Dances with Dudley versus the Headhunters. Dudley's getting upset win here and then attacked after the match and Big Dick steps in and makes the save. What did we think about this? Yeah. Um, I thought it was a really weird finish. Um, it, yeah, it was... Um, uh, kind of a, a, a beat down and then a roll up I kind of don't understand why the headhunters are losing so much at the moment I understand that they're not under contract to ECW but still it's very strange that you know was it gangsters have pretty much beat them yeah um, Bruce the Brothers. Bruce Brothers have beaten them now Dudleys have beaten them and I get some of it but you kind of sit there and think Yo, know, Dances of Dudley could have lost here and it wouldn't have affected anyone. But the headhunters losing every week to any tag team is getting a bit and these aren't even these aren't even top of the pile tag teams. They're not yeah. like the Pitbulls, Eliminators, any of the main feud ones. And they're, no. they're still considered this this dangerous team. Yeah. Although you're not quite sure why. Exactly. It's just this weird kind of wins and losses don't really mean much because it's just, you know, everyone has a fight. Yeah, so I thought that was um, strange. We then got to a promo that I actually quite liked, made me chuckle again. Yeah, Taz and Bill Alfonso talking about Bill Alfonso saying that he hates Bam Bam Bigelow because he cost him money because he bet on Bam Bam Bigelow to beat LT and LT beat him. And if Bam Bam can't beat LT... He doesn't stand a chance against Taz. I love this. This was amazing. I, <laughs> I, I thought it was decent. Yeah. I thought it was really good and really clever. And but this, this, this is the other side. This is a good way to sort of mention WWE because well, yeah. you're not taking shots as such, even though you are. You're just sort of belittling the product. Basically saying, you think you're a big yeah, but, boy, you're losing to this guy. Over here, you're going to get destroyed with us. And you're it's costing a, money. I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> it's a very heel thing to do. You're taking the piss out of the guy losing a huge match to someone who, you know, wasn't part of this sport and didn't belong in this sport and blah, blah, blah. So you're not going to beat my guy because my guy is really tough. It's a heel thing to do. My problem exactly. is that you're doing that to the heel and the guy that's doing that to the heel is also a guy who doesn't actually really work in this organization, allegedly, and has come from the same organization under the same kind of format. You know, you got sacked from one of the big two. Yeah, technically so did you, which is why you're here telling me that I got sacked from one of the big two. So it's, it's just, yeah, I, I, I think Fonzie and Taz doing it as a heel is makes perfect sense. I think the the loose cannon doing it to the loose cannon, whichever fucking way around you want that to be, um, Not so much is just a little bit redundant. 
it's not yeah. a zinger when it's kind of like, well, you too. Yeah, but no, I enjoyed that. Um, your mother's a whore. <laughs> She's your mum too. Oh. <laughs> Headhunters call out any team. This leads to the gangsters coming out. Well, mainly just Mustafa at first. You think, oh, no. Then suddenly like, oh, no, New Jack is here. New Jack is here. Yay. This match was just everyone just not selling. <laughs> it was just just hit with this. It doesn't matter. I'm going to hit you back with that. It doesn't matter because I need to hit you back with this quickly. Yep. And there just there was no selling. It was it was it was fun in a spectacle, but it was a non-event really. I was just like they've just lost and they were calling out any other team. Like well, they do. They just keep losing, go, calling out go, more teams. Go packing. Go fishing. Yeah. Yeah, so that was a thing. And then we had a quick promo by the gangsters, which didn't really grab a lot of what they were saying. <sighs> yeah, New Jack's back and Mustafa laughs. Yeah, I think that like Third most, most annoying like, fake laugh. Yeah, I like a lot of New Jack's promos, but this one just didn't really stand out as anything worth sort of watching. Yeah, but do you know, because I, I, I was thinking about this and I agree with you, and I think part of that is because the gangsters are the face in this feud. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know why and I don't know how. Because apparently New Jack being arrested is a face turn. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's... Um, so yeah, there's that. Is, who's that? Um, we didn't get a dream match in my opinion, Cactus Jack versus, I'm guessing a debut in, in our world, Chris Jericho. Yep. I think so. I think he's appeared before, but nothing, anything has been televised at this point. So I'm putting this down as Chris Jericho's debut in the ECW. Very bigged up, like obviously from the heart dungeon. Yeah. I mean, they, they gave the backstory about, you know, basically saying this guy is legit trained by the best. Called the Lionheart quite a lot, lot just, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, so his um, official debut in ECW was the 2nd of February, uh, same Rob show as the Shark Attack Kid. It's Rob uh, Van Dam, was it? Or? Rob Van Dam was uh, 6th of January. Oh, against Rob Van Dam. Um, uh, yeah, so same, same show as Shark Attack Kid, who then re-debuted on the 17th of February as Dirt Bike Kid. Um, you bring it up, uh, so he's been... It, it's, it's a great bit of trivia. Um <laughs> But yeah, it's, so he has been around for a little while, although this is his first uh, televised match. So this is it. Every week, Jay, we're going to come to you for trivia and facts now. Okay. So oh, I've got week, some doozies. Facts, man. So every week, if we see someone that's a stray that we don't know anything about, we need to know that you have got a little bit of a backstory on this person. I promise nothing other than why the hell not? Beautiful. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I, 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 we'll get on to someone else in a little while. But yeah, there's uh, some interesting stuff. So basically before the match, Cactus Jack does the fabulous strut with Stevie and the blue meanie. Uh, the match is, is pretty decent. Like I say, Cactus is giving it a go. But like we said, you can tell he's on his way out. And Jericho picks up a shock win with a German suplex. With a bridge. Yeah, I didn't know if we'd see Walls of Jericho or not. Um, obviously, Lion I'm going to see his whole, his whole like um, arsenal that we know him as now. But yeah, I thought it was a really good outing for him as a 
as debuts go. Yeah, again, a, a big rub, a big, big, big win on your debut. Yeah, and uh, I mean, interestingly, in his books, Jericho talks about uh, Heyman trying to get him over. So this obviously was a first attempt, um, but they didn't really react to him. The crowd didn't really react to him. He was too pretty. Um, but you know, they'd learned from um, uh, Tommy about how to kind of address this. So uh, shortly, we will see him versus uh, Taz. And uh, they they get him over by just getting him dumped on his head. Yeah. Yay. So yeah, uh, Taz versus Mikey Ripwreck is up next. Um, it's kind what, of what was the t shirt? It felt like a double t shirt. He, he seemed to have like a patchwork quilt of, of about three t shirts because there was an ECW one, there was a Taz one, yeah. and then there was a uh, uh, front and back. And then there was an ECW one on the side as well. Um, so I don't know whether he was just given like a print error T-shirt because, you know, well, fuck it, we're just going to throw it away. Otherwise, we might as well just give it to you. Um, but it distracted me. Um, Too much. Because it was just weird. I, I, and I mean, he's wearing a Taz T-shirt. With the ECW T-shirt on the side, yeah. And like the the first chunk of writings on the backs, the ECW, and then there's a chunk which I'm assuming is Taz because it's in orange. So yeah. it's it's it, you know in essence it's potentially you know uh, some huge fuck you, except no one references it. So I'm none the wiser. Yeah, no, it's um, yeah, bizarre. I know, obviously, I noticed the T-shirt, and I was trying to work out why it was double printed. But yeah, it's definitely um, weird. Um, so the match itself, Taz throws away around Mikey for a little bit. After the match, Bam Bam Bigelow comes out to make the save, and Taz chokes out Bam Bam Bigelow to close the show. What do you feel about that? Surprised he choked him out. I am so soon. I just thought it. Um, I thought yeah, we like nine one one. They like a crowd come out. Oh, sorry, the backstage come out and like keep them apart. Yeah, I mean they they've done well in the sense that it's a um, it's a cheap choke out. So you know he's distracted by beating up Bill Alfonso, and then he gets the knee block and then taken out from there. So you know he he kind of stolen it kind of thing. Uh, so I quite enjoyed that element of it. Um, it was fine. Yep. I, I feel I've it. been saying that a lot. This it episode. is though. Yeah, it's it's been, fine. It, we've watched a lot of episodes, but nothing's jumped out at me. Um, which takes us to speaking of nothing jumping out, the nineteenth of March, nineteen ninety six. Just Good another day. day. Um, episode one hundred and fifty two. Hmm. Oh, we'll get there. Um, shows highlights of last week with Shane Douglas telling Brian Pillman to put down a kid even though he's not holding the kid. Feel highlights is generous. <laughs> the Bad Crew versus Damien Stone and El Porto. El Porto Ricano. Yep. Um, yeah. Nothing. Nothing? Nothing at all? No. No? Looking at anyone here and thinking, holy shit? No. 
Damien Stone not looking familiar to you in any way, shape or form? Who is Damien Stone? Doesn't look as if he's got a little Italian in him. Guido? Little Guido. Oh, wow. Yeah. The future nunzio. Um, he will soon become little Guido of the full, uh, full-blooded Italians. But, um, yeah, Damien Stone. He's arrived. Oh, JT Smith. Get ready. Yeah. We're, we're almost at the FBI. Yeah. Um, but we're yeah, almost we're... at the proper FBI because little Guido's there and we're going to have big foul, big, big Sal yeah. coming as well. Um, Pillman interrupts and tells Joey Stahl to come to the ring. Joey does. Oh, gosh. He's such a loose cannon. Whoever knows what's going to happen. He interviews Brian Pillman again. Shane Douglas yeah, comes out. So Joey Styles trying to, to smooth out why he would bother was quite weird. Um, you don't tell me what to do. You don't even work here. I'm not going to do it. You don't have to tell me. Although I am a journalist. And it is a story. So I feel I should. Mm. All right. He did. So yeah, basically just waffling again. Shane Douglas interrupts, tries to get to Pillman. Pillman runs off. We then cut to Tommy Dreamer, who said that when he heals up, he's going to wake one of the Bruce brothers, an only child. <laughs> Which was an interesting line. I don't know why you'd finish it just killing one. Why not, why not kill both if you're going to? I think as a man who's about to become a father, I don't think he should have thought about that line, about how powerful it was. <laughs> Disappointed with the man. I can't take that away. Next up, we've got the Pitbulls versus the Bruce brothers. Uh, back and forth sort of brawl exactly like you'd expect a bit that made me sort of chuckle for all the wrong reasons was Francine getting super kicked for no reason again <laughs> just, she loves it fucking just, sells like a champ they just I love to just, I mean she's still wearing the neck brace from the last time just want to give her a hug she's just I don't know why can we just get her to being the head cheat leader ready because I don't know why she's there they just every week she the pit bull's and, just disrespected by not even wanting her as a manager half the time. And then well, she doesn't she just, do anything. She's she's been the biggest liability to them ever. She wants to. She's a nervous fucking wreck. Every time she goes near the ring, someone just totally eliminates her or super kicks her in the face and Because she has to keep making the fucking save for the pit bulls. She's trying. <sighs> uh, so you get super kicked. Tommy yep. Dreamer comes out, takes off a fake arm, and it takes it to everyone. Whilst nursing a very obvious bad arm. And Joey Styles shouts out, it's clobbering time. Which I thought was interesting. They were. Close to Yancey Street. Obviously, you know, I know it's fantastic for reference, but you cannot be noticed in Mr. Certain Punk that went set in the future. So, For the same reason. Because it was clobbering time. So that happened. We had a promo by Taz and Bill Alfonso, where Taz decides to cut a random promo on Chris Jericho running down all his accolades and basically saying that he's still going to die. He didn't say die at all. He just said he's going to beat him. That's Which is true. Dreamer. Yeah. Which is good. A great match. Very excited for a match I didn't know I needed in my life, but it turns out I do. We then get highlights of Rey Mysterio Jr. versus Hoverty Guerrero from sake. not this night, but that night. Um, I, I, Sorry? I really like Rey Mysterio. I really like Rey Mysterio in ECW. Okay. Whenever he's in a multi-full match in ECW, 
it drags to the point of <laughs> stupidity. This one was the same. Well, this one sort of was the same. So they went back and forth. The uh, pace expected got a surprise win for Hoovy, and then there's no better way to follow up Rey Mysterio versus Hoover to Guerrero match than another Rey Mysterio versus Hoover to Guerrero match from another <laughs> night. And I was a bit like, okay, you know, at least maybe put two seconds clip like Hoovy won last night like this. Don't have to show majority of the match just to then show another match. Which is pretty much like... Which is similar. what happens. This is the rematch. Um, this is slightly wilder. They went outside for a very brief period of time, mm. which I thought is going to get a little bit crazy, but they made their way back in. Ray picks up the win, and there's a massive ECW chant. ECW. ECW. And that was the end of that match. <laughs> it was fun. It can't be long before these both go to Nitro. It must be weeks. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they'll be yeah. for much longer. Conan's there, Psychosis there, LA Parks, there, everyone else is there. It must be they must be as good as gone. So I would be surprised if we don't see him after this. Um, we then get Brian Pillman working in a restaurant. Obviously needs a job now. Um, someone turns up. I've, their name slips my mind. Gary Juster. Do we know who Gary Juster is? Yes, he works with WCW. He's one of the lawyers for WCW. Right. Yeah, all about him on 83 weeks. Oh. Yeah, this, this this went over my head massively. And he just spat in the food. Pretty blatantly. And yeah, it's taken out. And then we had the Pulp Fiction run down again. Promos by Shane Douglas, who was um, basically throwing balls at a thing because he's a loose cannon. So a woman popped up and go, oh, he's a loose cannon. So that was... That yeah, was so... I, I think he said if I get it in what, like the first time, like, I'll do so. But he threw three balls at it and I'm like, so, hey, you're rubbish. So, so the, 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 premium, the premier athlete with this girl who's on a, a an American um, soap... <laughs> um, if I get it in the first time, then you pay for dinner. If I get it in the second time, I'll pay for dinner. Um, and then just misses all, all of them and gets so, really cross. So and, she, gets uh, she gets a little bit scared because turns out he's a loose cannon. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, that happened. Um, Taz, briefly, what about me? What about Taz? Makes no sense. Let's move on. It really does. It's beautiful Jericho, sort of, and everyone else but Raven. Yeah, I mean, I mean, apart from the fact that he's just, you know, wishing a title shot and therefore just working his own shit. Yeah, makes no sense. Let's. I mean, you've got a feud going with Todd Gordon still. You've got a feud going with Bam Bam. You're now cutting promos on Jericho, and you're trying to get into Raven, who's. Got a feud with Sandman, a feud with Tommy Dreamer. Yep. And by the way, as we see in a minute, is injured, it seems. Yep. So we then had the Sandman and Missy Hyatt. Mummy loves dishing out pain and she loves the way he takes it. I mean, the scars so, on his back were like. <laughs> yeah. So the so this, the whole reveal is that basically she's just been scratching the ever living shit out of him. Um, so I liked the visual of him just like with with these scratches all over him. Wow. Um, but 
Yeah, what mummy wants, mummy gets. And apparently what mummy wants is to bore the shit out of me. Uh, Damien Kane, Lady Alexandra and the Headhunters. <coughs> in new, out- new coloured outfits. <coughs> Your lovely blue outfits. I really like them. If we ever see them in this again, I don't know. Yeah, apologies for the cough. Um, yeah, no tomorrow, basically, is the gist of this yeah. one. Yeah, his promo is, you know, if you want to win, all you need is, like, a, a killer tag team, a, a brilliant manager and a gold digger. You got it. Fair enough. Uh, JT Smith, he's a smart Italian. Good for him. He is. And the Eliminators, all the Eliminators. The only regret about eliminating Francine is that she isn't pregnant like Beulah because then they could have got a two for one. (laughs) Brutal. Just, yeah, I'd just leave it like that. It was just, just mental, but yeah. Um, gangsters up next, basically declaring they'll be in the house. So that's nice. They can put heating on. Raven and his uh, flunkies are basically there. Didn't really say a lot, did they? No. Nope. Um, the only thing he's ever loved is Beulah. Um, yeah, that's the one. And it's basically, and yeah, doesn't didn't care about her, and now you do, and you've taken my girl, and as such, you know, boo. Um, which is lovely. Yeah, and then it finished up with Brian Pillman again doing his the same sort of, but I'd sort of um, switched out a little bit at this point. Yeah, this so I've got to say so he's 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 in like he's cooking, and then all of a sudden he's sat in a nice restaurant in the restaurant bit of it signing and like oh you're really really good and it got a bit awkward when he started stabbing his arm with his fork, but like. <laughs> It just it, it it just didn't fit with. I thought you were cooking in the back for someone. Yeah. What that's that's because that was an angle, and this is him being real, and oh. real. He's signing an autograph and he's being a nice guy, and they're saying, actually, you know, you're a really nice guy. And he said, you yeah, know, it's all a work. Um, and then kind of did the or is it? Um. And it's the only bit I really liked of, of, of what he's done is that kind of like, you know, oh no, it's all a work. This is all a lie. Yeah, I didn't. I don't think it goes well in this day and age. And but, that, yeah. um... but that's the problem. This is what it is in the whole kind of, you know, I'm meant to be working and I'm meant to be, you know, this is all meant to be, you know, is this real and is this not? And, and you know, this, this whole um, mystery that still is around the, the the Pillman character of how much of this was actually true and how much of this was everyone kind of in on it and how mm. much of it was story and how much was real. And it, this isn't what it's meant to be. And the, the problem is that it's, it's just, yeah, a bit weird now. Mm. I, uh, you know, it's still, it's still the big argument between um, uh, Dave Meltzer and, um, Eric Bischoff, and again, you can hear all about it on 83 Weeks, um, as well as Wrestling Observer Radio, um, because Meltzer is of the opinion, because Pillman told him, that he worked Bischoff to get released from his contract in a whole kind of, and then we'll bring you back, and it'll be great. And he had no plans of coming back. He was going to ECW, then he was going to go to WWE. Um, and Bischoff's thing was, no, we knew all along. We knew, all, you know, we we were in it. We worked it out together. I helped him design the, the the promos, and I, you know, I'd speak to him regularly and blah blah blah. 
So it's it's a whole um, still bits between them. Mm. Um, yeah, and that was that was that. That was a lot of episodes. It was a lot. Felt a lot. It did feel a lot. But Griff, we come to you before moving on to everything else going on in the wrestling world at the moment. Um, what was your extreme hit and miss of the week? Uh, I thought my, especially after that, we'd have to discuss it more. I thought my, my extreme miss of the week was um, Pillman. Um, I didn't include, obviously, the amazing promo, which is obviously in the first episode we covered. But obviously, yeah, that was covered last week. Um yeah, I just thought it was a bit of a miss and it didn't it's not doing what it's supposed to do. Um extreme hit of the week. I, I thought it was a really good showing by Jericho and I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Beautiful. Over in Nitro, the only thing I've really seen keeping my eye on ECX ECW is public enemy over there. One of the weeks they lose to the Steiner brothers. Um they have a match with the Nasty Boys, which I want to do a watch along with, which will try and sort that out. That seems pretty wild. And Rocco Rock wrestled a dark match against the Renegade. And Mr. Um, JL, a.k.a. Jerry Lynn, took on Conan. So there's a little bit of a ECW yeah. feel over at Nitro. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, woman is seen in Nitro. Yeah, she, she's plodding, but she's yeah, she's not really doing a lot. Yeah, I can't see her getting mic time like <coughs> I'd she say did at the ECW. I feel like Public Enemy are struggling because they've appeared, and about two weeks later, the Steiner Brothers, Legion of Doom, and the Nasty Boys have all turned up. Yep. Yeah. So it's kind of really awful timing. And is it July <laughs> that the... Outsiders come in. <laughs> so we've only got a couple of months before. Yeah, they come in and change everything up. So, um, yeah. Speaking of of, of WCW, um, an interesting fact: Brian Pillman um, was in now in ECW oh. from WCW, um, and you know, as we know, Shane Douglas has spent his. Uh, last couple of years calling out uh, the nature boy, Ric Flair. Um, and whilst the Ric Flair never makes an appearance in the original ECW, although he does in the WWE version, yeah. um, Brian Pillman is the fifth of six um, horsemen to make an appearance in ECW. Oh. Arn and Tully have already made an appearance. Yeah, uh, we've seen Dean and Chris who go on to be horsemen. Yeah, Brian Pillman is number five. Yeah, and in the future we have Sid show up as well. And uh, we almost have a a sneak in because whilst Barry Windham does not uh, present uh, grace the ECW ring with a, his presence, his son Kendall does. Kendall William, yeah. Mm. Look at that. So uh, so six horsemen come into ECW at some point. Oh, I might throw that out there as a question. So he gets it. Look at that. Statman. Um, anything good going on on Raw, Griff? Only that, like, the ringmaster 
um, on March the 11th, 96, was in the ring. But it's really weird that he's announced as the ringmaster. His little, his little thing says Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, it, I that's oh, really? the first time it's mentioned as Stone Cold. But everything else is just, he's the ringmaster. He's still got Ted DiBiase. He wrestled um, Savio Vega. Obviously, they're they're building up to the, the whole show's like building up to WrestleMania 12 of the Iron Man match. Um, but yeah, opening the card um, was the Ringmaster, which Vince McMahon announced him as. But it's weird that his actual Titan Tron was Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's weird. I don't think that happened for quite a while yet. Uh, yeah, me neither. So I was kind of surprised that I thought they came after <laughs> got rid of Tibiossi and after he kind of yeah. After the strap match with Savio Vega, where he lost the million dollar title and got rid of DiBiossi, and then he became Stone Cold. Um, and yeah, because of, yeah, oh. just weird. And I didn't know that, like, he was not ever meant to win King of the Ring that year. It was supposed to be Triple H. Yeah. It was. But because of the curtain call, he got punished. It is true. It is. Yeah, I did watch. And... The, I watched the Undertaker Stone Cold um, <laughs> chat. Really good. Really I've got. Good. I've got for a part of that. I need to watch the rest. I've it's a long to... watch, but it's a good watch. Yeah, I've got him to him just leaving WCW. Yeah, but again though, that's me, Mark Callis. Yeah, just touching on things. That WWE looking for podcasts. Just fucking release that. Yeah. That doesn't need to be. I didn't need the video. I'm happy just listen to the interview, but whatever. I think only like I think only like you haven't got to the end of the thing. There's a, there's like a little little bit at the end, like five minutes. You need like a visual kind of thing to see it. But apart from that, yeah, I'd have. I guess I didn't have to watch it. I, I guess the problem is though, if you're trying to draw people to the network, then you want something a little bit more visual than than the podcast. If, you know, does the podcast get people to subscribe? Yeah. Does anything sure. get anyone to subscribe? True, well, they're yeah. giving the New Day a podcast now, so if they want pointers on a three-person podcast, get in touch. <laughs> or a pod-off. Yeah, thank you very much for listening. This has been ReCW on Sports Arena. Make sure you check us out on social media at underscore Sports Arena on Twitter or Instagram. We're fairly active, so you might as well get involved and have a little conversation. We talk extreme, we talk current, we generally talk... If you want to support the show, head over to zazzle.co.uk or .com. Simply search Sports Arena and check out our beautiful T-shirts. You can buy them and look cool in your own time while walking down the street listening to the show. It's a win-win. Please like, subscribe, share, spread the word, watch the episodes, get involved and um, get extreme. This is the bit where I disappear. Jay and Griff do a little bit of a spoken word and we all rejoice. So see you all next week. We do, we do do a little bit of a spoken word. We do, uh, well, I say we, it's mainly Griff. It's mainly Griff who lives out my uh, warped and twisted machinations uh, by creating uh, art from a spoken word format of a promo or a song or something that has taken my fancy and inspired me on the shows that we've watched. And my word, there were a lot of them this week. Um, And there were lots of things that I could have done, but part of me thought about, doing something around Bam Bam showing up. Part of me thought about doing something around the loose cannons and and how many loose cannons we have. All very loose, all very cannon. Um, But when it came to something that I I wanted to do on this, 
all of me uh, came to the conclusion that we had to recognize the debut of someone who goes on to be one of the biggest names in sports entertainment, the first undisputed WWE champion. Um, but as of this show is, is simply the Lionheart Chris Jericho. And in his future, um, he has various bands, uh, not just the ones he did in Smoking Mountain called Slippery Manipal, um, but um, various bands. Uh, but as Taz calls him out, and we know the fights he's about to have with Cactus, with Taz, with more, um, it seemed only fair that we went all the way to Fozzie and to hear Chris Jericho and Fozzie talk about being my enemy. Do you remember me? No. You can't see the things that make me who I am. You'll never understand. And I've got to keep moving. You're living off my sweet moving. The devil's on my back. And these are the days that I dreamed about. <laughs> Fucking and sweet. <laughs> Sweat. <laughs> Who's doing this, me or you? Well, not either. <laughs> and you're always even... there to remind me. You are my enemy, and that we have has gone away. There are times that fade away, but you'll still be my enemy. The friend you had in me, you turned on so easily. I'm sad to see you go. At least now I know. And I see clearly now, you tried to bleed me. And I see clearly now, you tried to feed on me. Feed me more. Keep moving. You're living sweet. off my sweet. Moving. Sorry. Twat. Bye. <laughs>